You're listening to the Screeners Podcast Network. From the big screen to the small screen and everything in between, this is the Screeners Podcast, where all media is appreciated, but none is safe. Hello again and welcome to another episode of the Screeners. This is Chad. I'm Daniel. And I'm April. And joining us again is our friend and co-host of Geek Card Check Podcast, Tyler Howitt. Tyler, hey. how are you doing tonight? I am good. I'm excited to talk about everything we're going to talk about. I, it's it's movie time. I'm so pumped. It is movie time, and we do have a packed episode. But before we get into that, I just want to remind everybody to please follow us on our social channels. You can find us on Twitter, at ScreenersCast. You can find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash ScreenersCast. And you can email us, ScreenersCast at gmail.com. We're always interested in hearing from you, especially when Daniel messes up and we get an email that corrects him. That brings us (laughs) great joy every time. So we do have a jam-packed episode tonight. We're going to be doing a full review of Little Women. But before we get to that, I know that the three of you have seen one of the the correction that I mentioned earlier. Uh, the fourth nominated Golden Globe film from Netflix, The Two Popes. I have not yet had a chance to see this, but mm. I do very quickly would be very interested in what you thought about it. Just a quick micro-review of your thoughts on The Two Popes. So April, let's start with you. What did you think about this movie? Yeah, so I loved this movie. I loved everything about it. Mm. it I think it's probably in my top five films of the year. Um, Ooh, top wow. five. Yeah, no, I, wow. I seriously really love this That's movie. Great. This this film really, it just really worked for me. Just the conversation, the, the a lot of what they, they talked about and the relevance was just very uh, meaningful to kind of where I'm at in my current stage. So I was a very big fan. Okay, nice. big fan, mate. Potential top five—that's high praise indeed. Yes. Tyler, what about you? What did you think? Do you agree? Is it—is it top five or top ten worthy? It's actually my eleventh film uh, in, of the year. It's—I really—I just watched it this afternoon. Um, I thought it was—I I expected to really appreciate it. I, I expected to really um, appreciate the acting and uh, and characterization and things like that. I did not expect to get just emotionally sucked into it and to be like. Mm. I was almost like amening throughout for, for things, mm-hmm. not like just it, it was the conversation basically between the old way of doing things and the new way of doing things and uh, in the church. And it's, it's, you know, based on, on true events, Jonathan Price plays um, our current Pope and, uh, and Anthony Hopkins plays Pope uh, Benedict, the, is it the 10th, I believe. And, uh, and it's just a conversation between the two of them, prior to Benedict's abdication and it's two old guys walking around the Vatican and talking it's and I expected like I said to to go oh that was really good but I really was was blown away by it I, I really loved it fantastic and let me also say I you know having not seen this if you'd like to interject some joy into your life I would recommend following Anthony Hopkins on Twitter <laughs> he's he is absolutely he's delightful he's so funny <laughs> really he'll, one one moment he'll be sitting there with his cat Another moment, he'll be playing an instrument and 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 giving a soliloquy about something. It's just delightful. So you should follow. Should right follow now. Anthony Hopkins. Yeah, he's <laughs> great. All right. Well, that's two very high recommendations. Uh, are you on the same page with them, Daniel? Yeah, I, I really like the movie a lot. Um, it, I think it's it's fascinating. Um, you know, I'm I'm not Catholic, but but uh, uh, Christianity and church is a big part of my life, and so um, 
and so just uh, echoing a lot of what April and Tyler said, just, just seeing their conversations between the old way of doing things, new way, are we doing things just because that's the way we've always done it? Or, you know, it just, it's, it, I was shocked by how relevant the, the film is. And yeah. so, yeah, I, I think the, the performance, uh, performances are wonderful, but I think the script is even better. It's just sharp. It is well written. Yes. I, I just love conversation films. And, and this is that it's, it's just a conversation between two guys. And, and so there's something really engaging about that. I, I, one thing I do have to say is I found the cinematography fairly off-putting to be honest oh, man. Um, I was literally just about to say you know what i loved was the cinematography <laughs> uh i think it's I, it's not bad cinematography i just think it's a very poor fit for the subject matter um it's shaky and blown out and shooting through obstructions when it's just two people talking it doesn't fit the material i've seen the movie twice now and both times it's just really distracting and off-putting so um Again, not not bad, just a poor fit for the material. So can I, I wonder can I if you, the... can I interject and in, in one of the things I enjoyed about the cinematography sure. was and it was it was a moment very specifically that I that I remember going like sometimes the best cinematography is when you don't notice it, but then you know obviously you know really amazing cinematography you know can can do something very powerful too. But it was it was one of their first conversations, and again th- there really aren't spoilers to give away in this, and and the content kind of they're, they're debating theology. They're they're debating, you know, approaches to theology, and I noticed throughout their conversation, um, I think they're both sitting at a table, and it's getting closer and closer and closer. Like, you know, the you know their faces the, of these two men are filling the screen more and more, where it's almost, mm-hmm. you know, there's nothing but face in these screens. And then um, Hopkins takes a breath at the very end, and with his with his exhalation, we we zoom out, and um, and I was like. Oh wow! I didn't realize how tense the conversation was. You know, not only in the in the content of it, but the the language of the film was saying, like they're in each other's faces, and then they exhale and we move on. It, it was it was so striking to me. I really sure, and it. like I said, I don't believe that it's bad cinematography. I just think a lot of times uh, it di- it didn't. Like um, I think I think you made it exactly the the point that I'm trying to make. But uh, when you started, is I think sometimes uh, great cinematography doesn't draw attention to itself. The whole time right. this film was look at me, look at we're shooting through trees. You can barely see the two people talking. You can we're shaking so you can't even see what's going on when it's literally just a conversation. It's manic when our conversation is very calm, even thematically. And so I didn't um, feel that way. I mean, yeah, it I didn't, didn't, like I said, it didn't ruin the film for me. It's, it's, yeah. I still really, really enjoyed this film. It was just, maybe they were just bored nitpick. because it was two people talking the entire <laughs> film and they're like, all right, well, how, how we else can we shoot this? Yeah, maybe, <laughs> but anyway, yeah, overall, I think it's great. So that's fantastic. So that's three high, high, high recommendations. I feel like this is a film for the soul. Like it just, yes. it was just good for my soul. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's a great, very well written. You, you definitely need to check it out, Chad. Oh, I will. Absolutely. Because I'm trying to get in all the films that I feel like I need to so that mm. I can put together a solid list for top 10 of the year. You which got a long coming, list, Chad. Yeah, it's coming in an upcoming show. But since we're talking about awards and recognizing the best of for 2019, Daniel, why don't you give us an update? We'll do a quick transition out of the two popes into uh, where we stand now with our current update mm. uh, or our current uh, award wager, if you will. 
uh, just to recap a little bit about the game that we've been doing. Uh, you know, we're, we're five weeks away from the Oscars. Globes are this Sunday, so so we want to kind of revisit it. And um, the way our game worked is we each picked five films and, and two, uh, two bonus picks and were awarded points uh, for each nomination and win that those films receive at the Golden Globes and the Oscars only, just those two shows. And so since we have the Golden Globe nominations, that means we have our first point, points on the board. Uh, I'll just kind of quickly run through these. Um, well, first of all, points are craft nominations are worth two points. Above the line nominations are worth five. So that's writing, directing, acting. And then a best picture nomination is 10 points. And so, and then obviously once, once the Globes happen this Sunday, we'll have more uh, points to award based on the wins. But uh, let's start with Tyler. Uh, Tyler's films, Marriage Story, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, The Irishman, Little Women, Jojo Rabbit, those were his five, and then his bonus picks were 1917 and Parasite. Chad had, well, first of all, we all had Marriage Story and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, so all of us had those two. So Chad had those two, and then The Irishman, Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, Ford v. Ferrari, and then his bonus picks were 1917 and Little Women. April had Marriage Story and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and then A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, Bombshell, and Joker. And then her bonus picks were Jojo Rabbit and The Farewell. And then I had Marriage Story and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, along with The Irishman, 1917, and uh, the biggest whiff of this entire competition, <laughs> which is Waves. <laughs> uh, and then, uh, so I lost it. I mean, I'm going to lose this thing bad just because of that one pick right there. I don't uh, know. My, I have some bad picks, too. Uh, and then uh, my bonus picks were Ford v. Ferrari and Little Women. So that, those are all the movies that we picked. So I will kind of go through real quick and, and recap the points. Um, so I'm going to start from the bottom with 99 points on the board. We have April. Ooh, so big surprise. But uh-huh. here's the thing: I think you might be you might pick some up during the wins section here because your 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 lowest pick was A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood with five points. I already yeah, told and I you. I ended up hating that film. I'm so mad that I put that hating. In Hating. Yeah, I'm not a fan. Oh, April wow. has as as April has wow. turned to the dark side <laughs> on that film. I have also turned to the dark side on the Rise of Skywalker. Wow, I know how this happens. You start off thinking you try to talk yourself into liking it, and then yeah. you just go off the deep end. Because when wow. we first talked about Beautiful Day, I don't recall you hating it. No. But I well, think you've embraced it now, right? Gosh. Yeah, no. I mean, I didn't really like it, but I was still like trying to trying to get there but no mm-hmm. I, like the further i get from it i'm like oh no it was just bad wow our family was all together for the holidays and we watched or yeah we just rewatched it, that a bunch of those and i liked it more the second time than i did the first time oh get know. out <laughs> yep. get out here. Yep. and rise of skywalker same liked it better the no second stop time. that now now you're just being ridiculous no, i literally got into a heated argument over the holidays on why beautiful <laughs> neighborhood was so bad and this person Ugh. loved it and i like no your your soul needs to be crushed it was oh, terrible man. it is a good movie mm. it is a good movie <laughs> It is a good movie. Meh. It's not my top ten or anything, but I'd say it's a good movie. It's good. Whereas the Rise of Skywalker is it's also good bad. It's Moving on. So, uh, so anyway, so that so that was that was fourth place here, um, and then uh, in third place we have Chad. Chad has one hundred and two points. So the spread mm. the spread of the points here overall is pretty close. How many um, points did you say I had? So you have ninety nine, oh. and oh, Chad that's not terrible. Chad has one hundred two, and then. Either Tyler or I, the, the the highest point total is one fourteen. So it's only you know a fifteen point difference, but between. So mm-hmm. it's not. It's we're all pretty close here. In second place, we have me with one hundred nine points, and uh, and we can thank freaking waves for that. 
Um, I like I love that movie. That's a great movie, and it really screwed me over in this competition. And so Tyler, Tyler, here's the thing: we did this. If you guys remember, we picked all these movies before many of them oh, yeah. had really been yeah. seen too much. Side unseen, and so that's yeah. why Waves really uh, screwed me over. But Tyler's picks here, I, I got to give credit where credit's due. He is going to crush us <laughs> in this competition with his picks: Marriage Story, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, The Irishman, Little Women, Jojo Rabbit, and then his bonus picks are 1917 and Parasite. Those are Especially all. If Parasite yeah. swings my way and oh gets my a, gosh. a Best Picture nomination, like I yes. hope it will. Literally, all of those <laughs> movies are going to get Best Picture nominations. All of them. Um, <laughs> yeah. And yeah. So anyway, so uh, in related news, this will be the last time Tyler <laughs> will be joining us on the Screeners this, Podcast. This just makes up for the time I couldn't remember any Will Ferrell movies. That's, that's all. It doesn't make up for that. <laughs> that was really embarrassing. <laughs> uh, yeah, let's feel better about ourselves. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, so that's that's kind of an update. Um, obviously, this Sunday we have the Globes, um, which are all really up in the air. By the way, it's it's uh, very unpredictable, but it's kind of kind of fun that it's very unpredictable. So we'll see where everything shakes out. I think. I mean, I think. I can't imagine how I'm going to even get second place once this all ends with waves. Waves will end up at zero points overall after all this is said and done. Uh. So, uh, so it's going to be rough. Uh, so that is our awards season update. Um, you you guys did chime in with us. So I have all of your submissions, um, everyone who joined. And so I'll be t- tallying those up as we go along. And so after the Oscars, we'll announce the, the winners of that competition. So thanks to everybody who joined in with us. Uh, we really appreciate it. All right, and so with that, we are going to dive into our main event review of one of these uh, uh, one of these critically acclaimed awards contenders, and that is Greta Gerwig's Little Women. I'm working on a novel. It is a story of my life and my sister's. Make it short and spicy. And if the main character is a girl, make sure she's married by the end. Ow, Joe! I want to be an artist in Rome and be the best painter in the world. That's what you want too, isn't it, Joe? To be a famous writer? Yes, but it sounds so crass when she says it. My girls have a way of getting into mischief. Well, so do I. This is Meg, Amy, Beth, and Joe. I intend to make my own way in the world. No one makes their own way. Least of all a woman. You'll need to marry well. But you are not married, aren't you? Well, that's because I'm rich. All right, we are going to talk about Little Women. Uh, it was directed by Greta Gerwig, starring Sir Saoirse Ronan, Emma Watson, Laura Dern, Timothy Chalamet, and the list goes on and on. This is just a really great cast. Um, IMDb uh, synopsis says, Joe March reflects back and forth on her life, telling the beloved story of the March sisters, four young women, each determined to live life on their own terms. So, I am very much looking forward to hearing what you guys thought about Little Women. Um, and I'm curious have, if y'all have read the books or have seen the original mm. movie that I, th- I think came out in, what, 94? Uh, I think it was somewhere in the 90s. Um, so, anyway, Tyler, why don't we start with you? What, since Little Women is in your top five, what did you think about it? Uh, Little Women is not only in my top five, it is number one for me for the year. Really? I absolutely loved it. And about, I watched it for the first time with Daniel and I, I said, I don't know, like 15 minutes into the movie, I was like, yep. And I absolutely love it. And, uh, and I pretty much knew it was going to be my top, my, at least my top five. And then it, it boosted to number one right away. I, I loved it. I loved every moment of it. In fact, I really don't like Little Women, or did not like Little Women, the book. Um, I, I had, it's one of those I had to read in high school, 
I hadn't read it since then. I remember hating it in high school. I saw a stage play of it. I didn't like it either. I've seen the older the movie with Winona Ryder. I didn't like it, although I'd, I'd like to watch it again just to see, you know, now that I'm older and wiser, uh, if uh, if I like it um, a little bit, if I like that a little bit more. But, uh, and it's in, in fact, it's made me start reading the book. I'm about a third of the way through the book. Uh, I started over the holidays and I'm just, I'm engrossed by it. I really love it. So um, so I'm intrigued to see of the other looking back um, that I will do it, just if it, if it all, if it kind of colors it. Um, and, and for me, that's, that is kind of one of the higher compliments I can give if a book or if a movie turns me to the book and I love it just as much then then like that's, that's high praise. Like if a movie can do that to me, um, because I love reading, I love books, I love classical literature. I am an English teacher. Like all, all of those things kind of work together for me. Greta Gerwig does an amazing job. The script here is fantastic. It is, um, it is well adapted from the book. Um, she pulls lines, lines that sound very modern today in her script are pulled almost verbatim from the, from the book. Uh, and, and I love that, you know, she didn't, she didn't just, you know, fuzz all the dialogue to make it sound better. She might like clip a word or, or rephrase it slightly, but generally it's, it's right out of the book. Um, the performances are fantastic across the board. Saoirse Ronan is one of my favorite actresses since she was in atonement. I've loved her. Uh, she just, um, she does a fantastic job. She captivates the screen. Uh, you know, every time she's on screen, she's, she's amazing. Um, but it's an ensemble piece as well. Uh, Laura Dern, like talk about a lady who, uh, an actress who in, in marriage story is kind of the comic relief and is sort of weirdly hateable or big little lies. You love to hate her or, or she's kind of the faux antagonist even in, in last Jedi. She just is, is so wonderfully marmy in, in this movie and is so, you know, such a great mother to these girls. The, the, the little women are all, are all, they work together so well. You, they feel like a family. They're, they're not these angelic creatures that actually the, the book does sort of paint them as, um, but they, they really feel alive in, in the film. They, they take some, some liberties with, with, you know, kind of mixing up the chronological presentation of everything, but she doesn't change the actual, you know, timeline of the books. It's just chronological. And, and Daniel and I, I, I know we'll have some things to say about that. So I'll, I'll let him talk about it. But, but I, I overall, I really, um, I loved it. I just, I absolutely loved it. I, I want to see it again. I almost went and saw it again this afternoon, but I figured I should like, watch the thing that we we're going to talk about today, which is two popes. So <laughs> it's, I, I loved it kind, yeah. kind of unreservedly. I love it. Yeah. There's, there's well, one nitpick that we'll talk about, but I love it. That is a rave review. Um, Chad, what did you think? I very much um, am familiar with this work, read the book multiple times. Uh, the film in 94, I think it had, was that Winona Ryder? Winona Ryder, Claire Danes. Uh, yeah, yep. so, seen that movie uh, several times. I was just in at the end of my high school days there when you people were probably like negative six or something weird like that. I was alive. Um, Thank you. Oh, I was you alive. were barely alive. <laughs> I was like two years well, old. I was awesome. Like, yeah, I was in like sixth grade. I was like seven okay. or eight. So no, I was like in fourth grade. <laughs> okay. Well, that none <laughs> of what you're saying makes me feel any better. So let's just stop this right now. 
and I remember liking that film very much. I was excited about this adaptation just because I'm a fan of Gerwig's. And while I didn't love Lady Bird as much as Daniel did, I did certainly enjoy it very much and appreciated her sensibilities as a director. Um, and so I was interested to see how she would convey that to a period piece where she's not just directing but also writing. And in this case, uh, it is certainly an adaptation, but it feels almost like a fresh remake, even while remaining fairly faithful to the original text. I'm having a very, very difficult time with this movie finding literally anything negative to say about it. I loved this movie so much. Um, yep. It's definitely going to be in my top 10 for sure. I still, like I said I earlier, I still have a lot of movies to see, but I just can't imagine any scenario where this isn't squarely in the mix for, uh, in, for my top five. Uh, I think the performances are, uh, are, are really wonderful. What I do like about Gerwig's decision here is that while it certainly is Joe's story and Saoirse Ronan, her performance, uh, all the accolades that are coming to her are, are so richly deserved for this performance. But what I do like is I feel like all of the sisters get a moment uh, in this film. Uh, she did a beautiful job of writing this in such a way where everybody feels like a real character. After a few minutes, it all falls away, and you, and you even though it's a magnificent cast, you start just loving being with these characters. It's it's elegant and beautiful and joyful. It's marvelous. Uh, now, I do have to say, and we, when we get to spoilers, I'll talk a little bit more about a couple of things that bothered me. It is a little confusing at the beginning, or it can be uh, just the, the, the structure that she chooses to use where we're kind of, and it's not a spoiler to say that it bounces around time a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, at first, it's a little, this was a little disorienting just trying to understand the cinematic language that she's using based on color and things and composition to understand where you are uh, and when you are. But that is the, that is the most minor of, of, of nitpicks. Um, and as, as wonderful as, as the cast is, uh, Saoirse Ronan in, in particular, I also was really moved and impressed by Florence Pugh's performance mm -hmm. as Amy. Absolutely. I think she has a more difficult task just trying to convey what it is that she is going through as a second sibling who often feels as if she is a second class sibling always behind uh, her older sister and wanting to have her own agency and uh, experiences and it's a very complex emotional uh, line that she toes but she does it in a marvelous way and I really first noticed her at, with Midsummer, and so I was excited to see her in this, this completely different performance yeah. uh, but it's a great great year all around the cinematography is beautiful the way that the camera moves is exciting there are lots of conversations in this film but it always feels like it's dancing and soaring and moving and it it's not quick cuts necessarily, but there's definitely an energy and a, a vibrancy to this film. Uh, I was moved. We're not going to spoil, obviously, anything here, but I, I, having seen the the adaptation from in 94 and having read the having read the book multiple times, I didn't go in expecting to be as moved as I was because the story was still somewhat the story. And I was just absolutely thrilled and moved. And I love this movie with all of my mm -hmm. heart. I love it. I think it's it's magnificent. So bravo from me. I, I just can't wait to see it, see it again and see what Greta Gerwig does next. It's just a, a beautiful film. Wow. Okay. Two really positive, very, very positive reviews. 
Daniel, how about you? What's your history and what did you think of the new Little Women? Well, first of all, my heart is so warmed that Chad's heart was so warmed by this movie. <laughs> uh, I, I, Chad, seriously, go back and rewatch Lady Bird because... No, don't try I'm that. Being now, so see, I'm being so serious. I'm being so serious. Greg Gerwig's voice, now that you've you've seen the light of her voice throughout this film. Mm. Maybe, maybe mm-hmm. uh, you'll see Lady Bird a little bit differently, but no, uh, I, this movie was way funnier than Lady that Bird. That is un- Bam, shots fired. <laughs> wow. So anyway, so two, two years ago, I proclaimed that Lady Bird was my favorite film of 2017. And I absolutely maintain that pick. And I think it is easily one of the top films of the decade. Um, I think it is un- an unbelievable uh, wor- work. And I think Greta Gerwig is a masterful filmmaker. And And I also went on the record on this podcast and said that I was a little disappointed to hear that this was her next project. The Little Women was her follow-up. Mm-hmm. I remember that. Just because uh, I, her voice feels so modern and unique. And so doing a version of this classic novel that's been done so many times, it just felt a little boring to me. And so I was a, I was a little um, underwhelmed with that announcement. I have never seen any, seen or read any adaptation of Little Women. Um, so, so I was completely fresh to the to the material and so that probably didn't help my anticipation of it um when i already thought this was a little bit of a boring pick for her next project i am happy to report that i love this film with my whole heart um all right i have seen this film three times now greta gerwig manages to maintain that modern voice that she has even within the confines of this classic story i it is it is so fresh it is so fresh, so relevant, and Chad took the words right out of my mouth. There's this energy to it. It is so energetic, and it just moves. It flies by just like Ladybird. Ladybird had that same energy that just carries the film along, and this cast is as good as it gets. Saoirse Ronan is just unbelievable in every single thing that she does. She's one of the best Absolutely young actresses right. we have, and I can't wait to see everything that she does. And the same goes for Timothy Chalamet. He is brilliant. I could go on and on. Florence Pugh is is just a revelation. Laura Dern, who, I mean, we've seen her in such similar roles, like Tyler said, and those other films, and Blue Little Lies and Marriage Story, kind of similar. And, and here, it just reminds me, why she's such a great actress because she has such range and she is so lovable here i mean chris cooper tracy letts emma watson is serviceable in the role she does fine um but the rest of the ensemble is just is just so wonderful the writing is gorgeous and romantic the the language you know which i you know like like tyler's kind of said i i have not read the book but it's largely taken straight from the novel which when when tyler told me that i was shocked because the writing here is so shockingly modern. I, I really thought that the language was totally redone for, by Greta Gerwig, but it's really not. It's just the the delivery, the energy, the the editing, the, the way it's all put together is just brilliant. And so I love this movie. I should tell you up front, um, and I apologize, I'm going to go a little bit long with, with my review here. I have one massive problem with this film. Massive. Um, it is no minor issue. And this movie might have been in contention for my favorite film of the year, if not for this one ma- massive problem problem that that kind of knocked it down just a few pegs it's still one of my favorites of the year well i love the 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 non-chronology of it the, the way that it's edited i think it's phenomenal the characters always from beginning to end feel the exact same age when they're supposed to have aged seven years 
and it's not an editing issue. It's a, it's a makeup mm-hmm. and hairstyling issue. It's also occasionally a directorial issue. It's even I, a casting issue, I would say. I, well, I think they should have uh, been braver. It's Because like you said, there's a seven-year difference. They're supposed to be... I, yeah, I don't know. We, we find out like... 19, 20, 21 at their yeah. oldest. Well, that's what I was going to say. I mean, there's a, there's a moment in the middle of the movie where Amy says that she's 20. And I was, my jaw dropped when she said that because I was like, she's 20. That means seven years ago, the beginning parts of this film or the, or the earlier sections of the film, she's only supposed to be 13. No, no, I'm sorry. She's not 13 <laughs> and it's four years old. Both times. Like, it's not like they, they, that's what I mean. They should have, I, I think they actually should have recast it or nah. done had you know, a three-year age gap instead. So yeah, like that would have been believable. Or 21. So yeah. honestly, there were parts, you know, with Beth, again, with no knowledge of the story beforehand, so I didn't know what the story was. I'm I'm not making a joke here. I actually thought her that her character had special needs because there's literally a moment where she's actually spoon-feeding a baby doll. She looks like she's 18 years old and she's spoon-feeding <laughs> a baby doll. I was very confused when that happened. So the characters simply don't feel as though they've aged at all, with the maybe exception of Emma Watson, just because she had an easier time because she was older um, when she started, so it was a little bit easier for her. But the characters just don't feel that they aged. Um, you know, they, they do they do some stuff. They play the characters a little bit differently and in some ways that, that, that are effective. Uh, you know, Florence Pugh especially plays younger uh, in, the, in those sections of the film, and you definitely feel that she's grown, but they look identical. They look the exact same. That's not a minor issue to me. That is a very, very big issue that, that really confused me and still further confused me. I actually just found out after I've watched this movie three times, and then I found out that, you guys correct me if I'm is is Beth the the is is Amy the youngest? I believe I Beth is the youngest. Now I can't remember. I think I I thought Beth was the youngest, but then I found out that apparently Amy's the youngest and that doesn't track at all. Anyway, the age here is a big problem for me. So I'm going to let April talk cuz I've been talking way too long. Um <laughs> but uh, but yeah, that's a major problem for me, but needless to say, I that problem aside, this is absolutely one of the best movies of the no, year. It, it is so, so good. I love this movie. April, what did you think of Little Women? Mm, well, thanks for... She hated it, guys. <laughs> I can already tell. <laughs> no. Um, thank you for letting the woman speak. Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> just kidding. Um, okay, so I going into this film, I knew nothing about Little Women. Mm. I've never read the novel. I've never seen the original film. Uh, just skipped it. No real reason, just... Never saw it or read it. So I didn't really know the story or anything. And uh, first of all, I'm a big fan of Greta Gerwig and loved Lady Bird. Uh, all right. was one of my favorite movies of that year, too. Absolutely, so, yes. Um, I was really Man. looking forward to what she'd do with it, even though I didn't know what it was she was doing. So I think I appreciate what this film is more than I actually like it, but it's more of a personal preference on the type of movies that I like but I, I i think it's a great film i i like the how she plays with color when she goes you know to when she jumps around in the timeline like when their child is more warmer hues and so like she did some creative things i agree with the aging uh timothy chalamet was the one that bothered me the most because mm. he looked like he was 12 when he got i don't know if that's a spoiler when he was supposed to be quite a bit older he uh, always looks like he's 14 though so yeah it's, yeah i yeah i just don't know if that was a good fit for the role that's supposed mm, to hard age. disagree 
Really? Oh, hard anyway. disagree, but we'll talk about it. Okay, well, whatevs. <laughs> so I will say I did get a little emotional, and I got and my eyes teared up at a couple parts, so that's good. I was moved. I have a soul. And I thought it did a really good job of balancing kind of newer feminist I- ideals with traditional female gender roles, and it did a great job of, like, celebrating both while mm. acknowledging yeah. societal oppression at the time, too. I don't know. I felt like the modern thing would have been... To to be like more just more feminist and anti traditional roles, but it did a good job of being like, no, like women can do both. And that's a great thing. And uh, so I, I enjoyed the message a lot. Yeah. I was a little confused at the end. Cause I don't, I haven't read the book or seen the movie. If the ending was actually real or if it was what, what just, what she just wrote for herself. Uh, I don't know if this is a spoiler or not. We can talk about it later. But yeah, I, th- I think it's, I think it's a great film. I don't know that it's going to be in my top 10 just because it's not my personal favorite style of film. It's still great. So there you go. I don't know. That's a real like kind of mediocre review. It's like, yeah, cool. So, Um, so, uh, but not your style of film. Do you mean you don't like period dramas or like, what do you mean not your style? I don't know. It was just a little sappy. (laughs) Okay. I don't know. (laughs) Uh, this is also why she she hated Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. That's no, that one was just that's bad. That's what this is. <laughs> oh. Mm. oh my gosh! I like this. April has become the foil. I like it. She's <laughs> she's the villain of this podcast. Oh, wow, like the villain. Wow, just villain. saying. She like every every week. She's like, I hate that too. No, it's not my thing. Yeah, okay. So I like it. I know, I, what does good. that say about You've, me if I'm the villain on Little Women? But I was like one of the main person that loved Joker. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> so April, you said you you thought Timothy Chalamet was was a was bad casting. Um, Man. So I think I thought he did a great job. Like I think he his acting was there and believable, but he just had such a baby face. Yeah. It was hard to when he was supposed to be older the whole time I was just like, wait, how old is this guy? What timeline mm-hmm. are we in? What I don't know. It was well, yeah, it's I actually mean, the reverse then of of like the Florence Pugh issue where she's supposed to be like 12 or 13. <laughs> right. But looks 22 the entire time where he's he I thought he like just 14. looked too young the whole time. It was just, yeah. I, That's actually yeah. kind of why it helped me, I think. I mean, I did, like I said, I have a problem with the age thing overall with the entire film, but it kind of worked a little bit more for, for him because he kind of rides the line of looking young and looking his age. I mean, he's 24, you know, he's not like that young. Um, mm-hmm. And so, and so I think he, he does a good job of looking like he was whatever, a high schooler and then and then looking old enough to, you know, have a, have a mature relationship. So, so, um, yeah, I, I think maybe I'm just a, maybe I'm, maybe I'm secretly a Timothy Chalamet stan. I just, I think he, I think he is, uh, really, really excellent. The, the scene on the hill between oh, him and Joe, so good. gosh, yeah. I mean, that is one of the best scenes of the year. I love the dialogue between the two of them. Like I said, I, I was shocked to find out that that was like straight from the novel because it's just like, so fresh and i think it's because of their delivery along with the direction it's just like yeah it feels so natural then it never feels stilted like they're reading lines from the 1800s you know it feels like they're reading lines that were written today and and so yeah i think i think that scene alone is is exactly why i think he, he was the perfect choice for the role just he and Sersha have just the greatest chemistry it's just I, I want them to be in everything together it's so good yeah no i i agree i think i thought his performance was 
fantastic it was just more he's just also just really thin like i wonder if they could have like <laughs> made him like look a little bigger when he was older i don't know well i, 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 I agree i think hot belly for all of the womanizing <laughs> and the debauchery he's getting into in france i think yeah, makeup I and hairstyling like overall like not that like it looks good overall but this aging thing like for all of them the, their hair their makeup like everything they look the same age the whole time i don't get did that daniel did that bother you, you? you this really bothered it you did. i've watched goodness. this movie three times and every time it has bothered the heck out of me because i it just it doesn't work like there are moments throughout the whole thing where i'm like why are they talking this way they look like they're 20 years old and they're yeah, supposed to be 12 but i mean they what are they realistically what more can you do other than recast it if they would have de-aged them that would have been ridiculous of course and so, and and I'm I'm actually in agreement with you, not with Tyler. I don't think they should have cast younger yeah. or different actresses. So I love the fact that they. I mean, they they do a color palette change. Yeah, yeah. They yes. change yeah, the hair, and they clearly change the dialogue. I mean, they're set when in the younger scenes, they're playing around and doing as siblings do, and getting angry over things that younger siblings would do. So I think beyond that, I'm not sure what else they could have right. done that's that's why it didn't bother me as much like the the movie the language of the film was giving me enough information to tell the difference and again it felt maybe it's because i've seen a play version of it not too long ago that so maybe i was just i i i don't know maybe i was used to seeing it as a play it kind of even almost felt like a play they they weren't casting little girls you know as the younger and then older women you know, or older young women as as uh um as their older counterparts and you know they did that in the in the play they had just had um they just had the same people playing both sides so maybe i just got used to it i did i certainly noticed it it just didn't it was not as as distracting or bothering yeah. to me <clears throat> it just didn't bother me i think the performances are so good and the writing is so good I that agree. i just said okay just kind of is what it is yep. uh especially when i took it to its logical conclusion, which was, I just don't know what else they could have yeah. done. Right. I, I um, disagree. Maybe, I mean, uh, like a three, eight, uh, like I was saying, like a three year difference or something that would help close that gap a little bit. But yeah. Or if they shifted the ages, I mean, obviously it, it, it's a book. Like they, they took it from the book. It is what it is. But you know, if this had been, if they had uh, just shifted them all older so that they started out as, you know, 15 16 17 and then right. and then they were in their mid 20s as opposed to their early 20s that might have helped but you yeah. know i get it it's the, but it's then the novel that wouldn't have been realistic either because exactly. in those at that time they're period sure. that would they'd sure. have been married i get and it already were, out there, of the house. were there three different timelines or were no. there only two just two i believe just two I felt like there yeah. was like a middle one in there but maybe. well i mean time time moved you know yeah uh, but it, but it was it was just t- time passing in the in each in timeline, each timeline. Yeah. i i loved I, oh. the, I loved the non-chronology of it i think it, it i think it works so well um seeing laurie and joe's relationship mixed with the the later years side by side i think that works so well and again with this is me saying that without having seen or read any other adaptation any other version but i just think it worked so so well i really loved the way this i was agree edited. that in in retrospect it worked really well but i think in the moment for the first time having seen it it took me just a little bit to kind yeah. of get my my bearings on exactly what was so happening. i was actually but once i, did, I was warned it was fine. before and somebody told me that beforehand that they they saw it before i did and and were confused and told me why and so i think yeah. i i think knowing that going in really did help help my experience because the other times too the the second and third views viewings that i've had of this um I, it hasn't taken me any time at all to get back in, but I totally sure. see. I totally see what you're talking about. 
Yeah, and before we give our recommendations, too, I do actually want to agree with Daniel on Laurie, uh, the performance of Laurie by uh, by Timothy Chalamet. I I think he he just felt so free and kind of embodied this spirit of the you know this wealthy kid who gets everything that he wants and he's just out to do whatever brings him happiness. He's kind of a douchebag, and he's he is. And <laughs> but at seeing the same time, his, he, he, he loves the. He loves the family, and he like wants to do stuff for them. Like he's he's still lovable. He, like he's he does. It, it, it works well. And for me, I think the the journey of that character uh, from really learning to care for something bigger than himself um, through the lens of being neighbors with this family, which has a clear you know class divide. We haven't talked about Meryl Streep. I thought she's delightful yeah. and funny, and that. But the character of you know that she plays where she's constantly trying to get the girls to to marry well and literally at one of the weddings she's complaining about how she's thrown her whole life away it's just these <laughs> A wedding beautiful that she paid for, that she paid for. <laughs> it's just these wonderful moments that are that bring levity so that when things get serious and they get more challenging, those moments of humanity, I think, are amplified. And so I, it's just a, an overall marvelous job on the script and one of, why it's one of my favorite films of the year, for sure. We don't we don't get to talk about music, I, I think, enough. Uh, we, we rarely talk about the score. And, and that's just because, again, kind of like the cinematography, if the score is is too noticeable, it takes you out of it. But, man, the score for this, I have been listening to – we watched this what Daniel like maybe a week ago, mm-hmm. um, if if even that, and I have listened to the score probably four or five times um, mm. straight through. Uh, with uh, it is by Alexandre Desplat, who who is a phenomenal composer, and just the music is so um, is so evocative of of the time. The mood is so is so well set by by the composer, but it also just I feel like it's. I feel like it's one of those that does the the great dual job of being something that can stand by itself, um, but then but then weaves so seamlessly into the um, into the film. And I, I absolutely loved the score. I think it was just fantastic. Awesome. All right. Well, let's jump into our recommendations. This is where we recommend if we think it's theater worthy or if it's worth the rental or stream or a skip it. And I'm pretty sure I know what you all are going to say, but we'll just go through it anyway. So Tyler, we'll start with you. Theater all the way. All right, Chad. I'm a romantic, and <laughs> this movie is, if if anything, it is it is that, but it's not saccharine. Uh, yeah, see it in the theater. You Agreed. will, unless if you don't have a soul like April, maybe not. <laughs> but if you do, you will love this film. Okay, Daniel. Yeah, this is this is one of the best things in theaters right now. You've already seen Star Wars. Um, there, there's 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 plenty of other great you know awards contenders in theaters right now, but this is one of the best of them. So absolutely, see it in theaters. Yeah, and it's definitely a good film. So I will also say theater. I don't hate it by any means. I'm just not worshiping it as like God's greatest movie ever, like you three. So <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, with that, why don't we jump into spoilers? The first rule of Fight Club is. You do not talk about Fight Club. Well, you look nervous. Is it the scars? You want to know how I got them? But there's so many places it would never occur to a hawk to hide. However, the reason the Führer's brought me off my Alps in Austria and placed me in French cow country today is because it does occur to me. In the dream, I knew that he was going on ahead. He's fixing to make a fire somewhere out there in all that dark. 
on that cold. I knew that whenever I got there, he'd be there. Then I woke up. All right, so now we are in spoilers. So, um, Chad, you said you had a major problem with it, right? Did you tell us that, what it was already? No, that was Daniel. I didn't have a oh. my, my my. Oh, you had a minor uh, problem. Yeah, my and but we kind of uh, we kind of already talked about it. My my nitpicks were primarily around the the, the form and the structure of the film. The time in jumping. the first yeah in the first thirty or forty minutes in the time jumping. Once we kind of settled in, uh, it was great. I do think there are a couple, especially as it relates to the the publisher. I think that there are it borders on caricature there, just a little bit kind of the cigar smoking let me put the woman in her place kind of character um, even though it may have been accurate to the to the story but overall it's like I said at the very beginning searching through my experience of this film and trying to you know ask myself what bothered me about this or when was I pulled out of the film or what didn't land for me there's really not a lot there this it's full of so many beautiful moments of pathos and empathy while still exploring the the very real things that that these characters had to go through uh, related to uh, gender expectations and you know there's a line in there that's repeated multiple times where marriage is viewed as a financial proposition it talks about and explores both sides of that equation and what that meant to them uh, at that time period. And I just think it does a, a great job of exploring all of those things that they had to go through that were real life. You know, there's not a lot of options for a woman to make to make money. And all of those things, while still at the same time, feeling like a, a warm hug. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's hard to explain how sweet this movie is without it being, it doesn't pander. Yeah. Um, it has a soul and it's it's just lovely, just lovely. So I have a couple things that were confusing that I couldn't really mention in the spoiler-free review. So two things. One was the ending where she she it's cut back and forth between her with the editor and she's basically writing her or finishing out her novel um, and he's saying no she needs to marry one of the characters and she says no she doesn't need to marry one of the characters and then she agrees but they're at the same time they're intercutting with her and I can't remember what the character's name but the guy that she marries the professor the professor yeah I couldn't tell if the if what we were seeing in the in the when they were cutting to her life was real or if it was just what she had written out for herself but i i kind of like that i didn't know like it was kind of left it open-ended but i don't know if that was intentional or how it ended in the original so i don't know what did you guys think well i know that in real life alcott uh wrote in later works uh, that she didn't want joe to marry um as a matter of fact there's a quote where she said i won't marry joe to to Laurie to please anyone and she expressed frustration that so many of the young fans wanted um, her to get married in the book so I think and, and I w- was reading an article about Gerwig who said that Alcott insisted that and I'm reading here from an article says Alcott insisted that Joe remained a, a literary spinster like herself but feeling pressure from the readers and her publisher because unlike what we see here this was released chapters and chapters and chapters, and so it developed fans before it ultimately became a novel. Mm. And so there was a lot of pressure for her to get married. She couldn't. She said, "I didn't dare refuse fans' demands out of perversity," and and made a funny match for her because in the book the guy's actually a lot older and probably not uh, as handsome as what it what it says here. So I think what Gerwig did here is that she essentially honored what 
uh, Alcott originally wanted was I didn't marry either while at the same time being together and starting this school. So that's how I took it. Yeah, and I, I think, I again, without having seen or read any of the adaptations, my sense of it was that it gave us both things. It gave mm. the ending, the, the romantic um, you know, ending that we relatively expect, not not in marrying Laurie, but, but getting married to somebody great. Um, but also her kind of saying, but did I really need to get married? Did this story really need an ending where the woman gets married? Um, and so I, I love that it kind of, in a really, um, in a satisfying way, gave us both things. And, and I mm-hmm. thought that was really impressive. Well, and what it did well too was, uh, it was weirdly, it, you know, it didn't we didn't get a lot of the professor, um, but but the bit that we did see with him is that he will be very honest with her. He'll be very blunt with her. Like he actually is, like good for her. Not and, and not that Lori wouldn't be because that's that's the romance that we that we see develop. Like we see the wrong romance develop throughout the mm-hmm. entire movie. You know, and so, so on one hand, that could leave you very dissatisfied, but then you also see it develop in the in the right way for him and for Amy, and I and I I think that one worked so so well. Um, kind of on the other hand, because it also showed it, it accentuated the the kind of inferiority that Amy has long felt. Uh, you know, being second fiddle to Joe, and so I think that I I think that I love that it ends with the professor. And that they've opened a school together, and that and that Joe is is still this this strong um, woman with agency, and she's running a school, and she has published her book, and it's not it's not because she got married to the guy that these things happened. She just also got yeah. married to the guy. Yeah. No, I I, I did like the ending a lot. Uh, okay. The other thing that I thought was confusing that, and this thing I I don't like as much because I I just still found it confusing. So Beth. Beth is the one that died, right? Yes. That's the sister. Okay, so did she die from the same sickness that they flashed back to? Or is yeah, it, it different? Yeah, it like never went away. Yeah. Like it, it okay. weakened her immune system and, and it just never it never went away fully. Yeah, as there's far as a, I know. That's right. There's a line that that's, it happens quickly where when she's coming back, when Joe is coming back specifically to see her, mm-hmm. uh, her mom says something to the effect of the fever weakened her heart. And so it's one of those things where the very first time is what did it. And then it just, like she said, a tide going out, you can't stop it. It just happens slowly. And she just got worse and worse and worse and then finally gave in. Oh, okay. All right. Well, then I guess that's not very confusing. And so for <laughs> me, that was the way that they shot that. At first, I was a little, not frustrated, but uh, I thought, well, what are they going to do? Try to double dip on the emotional ringer where she's sick the first time and we see her beg you know you see joe lying in bed beside her sister begging her to fight and not give up which wrecked absolutely wrecked me performance is phenomenal and then i thought well if we're going through this surely we're not going to turn around and have to do it all over again and they didn't the way that's edited there is really very lovely uh the way that it essentially goes from that that moment where she recovered the first time and she has this great line about you know whatever god wills and she says well you you don't know joe's will and i've done this Mm -hmm. once and i'll do it again and all that stuff is so great and then essentially within 30 more seconds there she comes downstairs and we get that mirror shot of what she's already done and this time her mom is there it's that is 
expert level filmmaking it's just so good because on the page that could have been horrifically cheesy Mm -hmm. and on the nose but as shot it is just master to me that was the most moving scene of the whole film was when the uh lauren dern turns around and you see uh Mm -hmm. yeah the mirror shot but it's just completely different this time i I really i love that yeah and the, the the daughter having to comfort the mother oh mm. so it's good so, so good well is there anything else that you guys want to talk about in spoilers that we haven't talked about already i don't think so i don't know this isn't you know kind of like we were saying with the two popes almost like other than the you know we don't don't want to ruin the the death if if somebody didn't know but like this isn't really a spoilery movie this is a movie to just go in and watch and and, and like like we've all said in different ways with different examples this is this is just expert level filmmaking across the board you know, down to the editing to the music to the acting to the casting even to the score to this yeah. yeah it's just so it's so well done um like this is a movie to just sit and watch and enjoy and be moved all right well tyler said it well daniel did we lose you are you there <laughs> oh, i'm here i love the movie i daniel's, I, daniel's crying still i, I talked <laughs> That's good. I just wanted to make sure. Tyler's, it's like he's kind of quiet. I talked. I talked plenty enough in the first version. Yeah. Um. I. I don't take mm. away. I think as as much as the age thing bothered me, that should tell you how much I absolutely loved this movie. That something as big as that can bother me, yeah. and I'm still raving about this movie. Just all around. I think yeah. it's just man. Such a there's so many moments. I think when when Beth when she goes over to the neighbors to the wealthy grandfather who's lost a daughter and plays for him and he weeps because it reminds him of his daughter and then when Beth dies and then the professor plays for the family and you just see them all reliving the memories of her while he plays it's just those full of those little exquisite things when then Joe at the end helps walk him back into the house because he's essentially lost his daughter twice just so many wonderful things that could be saccharine could play cheesy or manipulative but the way the performances that Gerwig gets from her actors the way she composes the shot the way that the score supplements without being manipulative it's just master level stuff. Mm-hmm. It's why it's it has to be for me. It's way up there. So I'm excited and to see more movies and talk about where this shakes out. But it's in there. for Let sure. me say one one more thing. I can't remember if I ever said this when we were two years ago when we were talking about Lady Bird. But I have done a complete 180 on Greta Gerwig. I, seriously, I I was not a Gerwig fan. Uh, no disrespect to her as an actress, but um, I was not a fan of her as an actress. Uh, she quite annoyed me. In fact, uh, I don't like movies like Frances Ha uh, or Mr. America or some of those uh, that she starred in, and I'm just not not a fan. And and then Lady Bird blew me away, and then this one as well. I mean, she is. She forget like best female director. She's one of my favorite directors right now. Like I can she her work is just so energetic and beautiful and romantic and and modern and um man it just really it knocks me out. And super cool that you know I don't know where my list is going to shake out right, but overall, but right now it's a battle for my number one spot between her and and her husband. Right, right? in the same year. Yeah, How crazy. awesome is that? Hmm. That is so awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. (laughs) All right. Well... I can't wait to hear your top ten list. Yeah, for another another film that that April did not like. (laughs) Oh, yeah. That didn't make it either. (laughs) Um, Maybe. I don't know. No, it didn't. Okay. Well, (laughs) we are now going to move on to a top three 
uh, our top three classic novel adaptations. Three, two, one. The top three. That's right. We are here in our top three. We are going to be talking about our classic novel adaptations. And so in classic screeners fashion, we didn't define any of those three words there. So we don't define what classic, what novel or adaptation means. So, um, you know, whatever you want those things to mean, that is what our list is going to consist of. And so, um, uh, you know, however you want to take that, that's what we're going to do. So, um, we are going to start with April. April, how did you go about making this list? Like what, what was your kind of criteria for it? And then tell me your number three classic novel movie adaptation. Okay, so I originally started thinking about just my favorite movies that are based on novels, and then I thought, nope, I don't think those are classic novels. Mm. So mm. so I basically kind of looked at it if it was decades before my existence in this world and further that I counted it as a classic novel Okay, into a movie. And so with that, my third um, favorite is based on the novel The Scarlet Letter, is Easy A. Mm. Solid. Right. Oh, that's, I, that's great. Yeah. yeah. That's a fun one. Nice. Nice. Yeah, that's a great Very pick. Very good. Awesome. Very modern adaptation as well. That's great. All right. Chad, What is your what was your criteria for classic novel adaptations? And then what's your number three pick? You know how, as we have done these lists throughout the years, sometimes – you are very proud of your list. Sometimes you're a little less proud. So I'm just going to go on record before we start this and say this may be my worst top three list of ever. I just I don't I don't feel good about any of it, uh, and that's primarily of my own doing. So I I made the decision. See, it's all fun and games when we're trying to decide what we're going to do, and we always laugh about well we'll just do like Chris does and just make up whatever we want to. But I can't put a list together that way. And so I always struggle with these things. And so what I did was I made the decision that it had to be a, an actual adaptation. So like not for a example, retelling or something. Not a retelling. So like 10 Things I Hate About You is based on The Taming of the Shrew. So it wouldn't be something like that. Like it would need to actually be an adaptation. And mm. as far as classic, I, I, similar to what April did, I just tried to pick books that are sort of universally considered classic based on how old they are uh, and how long they have been um, studied and written about and ad- adaptations done, which leads to a pretty crappy movie list. And so that's where I am. <laughs> and so that's what we're going to get. So you know, Chad, I've got if three... you make the rules, you can change know, right? them at any time. You know that, right? <laughs> I feel I feel like this, this pain is self-inflicted, and yet here we are. So my number three movie and it actually is a really great movie that not a lot of people love and uh but i i think it's somewhat underrated and that is war of the worlds specifically Hmm. steven spielberg's version of war of the worlds which i think is a great movie um a lot of people don't like the ending i think it's fine and so for me i think that's actually a really good movie based on a on a property that uh, has been around for a long time and that many people like yeah, that's great. I, I agree with you that that movie is very underrated. Obviously, it's not one of Spielberg's best necessarily just because of how many he's sure. made, but I think it's a very, yeah. very fine movie. It's a solid movie. Yeah. yeah. Solid. Yeah. It's yeah. great. All right, Tyler, what was your criteria and what's your number three pick? Well, I, I did not follow what Chad said, and uh, I, man. <laughs> I I kind of I kind of went full Chris in that I, I decided to take the idea of novel – 
very loosely, and some of them <laughs> were plays that were adapted. And in fact, number three was 10 Things I Hate About You, um, <laughs> <laughs> which is an adaptation of Taming of the Shrew. Uh, <laughs> There's a difference between like and love, because I like my Skechers, but I love my Prada backpack. Bianca Stratford is the most popular girl at Padua High. You're asking me out? I'm down. I've got the 411. And you are not going out and getting jiggy with some boy. I don't care how dope his ride is. Her sister, Kat, is something else entirely. People perceive you as somewhat tempestuous. Hannah switch is the term used most often. The only thing they have in common... I am the only girl in school who's not dating. Oh, no, you're not. Your sister doesn't date. ...is one simple rule. Okay, you can date. When she does. But she's a mutant. What if she never dates? Then you'll never date. Oh, I like that. For Cameron, no one will go out with her. It's a problem. Would any of you be interested in dating Katarina Stratford? <laughs> Maybe if we were the last two people alive and there were no goats. Are there goats? I love that movie. It is. It's Heath Ledger uh, kind of just at his, well, what we thought would be his peak before then he hit, he hit Joker, uh, uh, Joker in the Dark Knight. Um, and just, it's, it's funny. It's eminently quotable. It is, it's a blast of a, of a movie. 10 things I hate about you. Nice. I absolutely love that the example I used is not <laughs> to be so, done. In it's fact, your number so here's three. what I was doing. I was like, <laughs> I was like, oh, I have to scratch these out because these aren't novels. Like I just had read classic, and then and then you gave that example. I was like, nope, I'm going for it. It's fine. I'm, I'm <laughs> good for you. Yep. Good for you, Chris. Bring in the Chris yep. over I gotta, from the I geek card stand check. With my my geek card check co-host. So uh, yeah, I I definitely I did I didn't put any Shakespeare on the list because I did take novel uh, <laughs> for what it was. So, um, But the rest of my criteria, first of all, honestly, Greta Gerwig's Little Women will, from now on, be on my list of favorite book adaptations. And so, yep, um, and so that would absolutely be on this list. But for the sake of, uh, you know, for the sake of freshness, I, I, and because we're in this episode, I decided to leave it off. So so that would be on this list, but it's it's not going to make it. And uh, I define classic simply as a novel that's, that's kind of pervaded cultural consciousness uh, maybe often taught in schools, regarded as a seminal work of writing. Um, and so my first pick is The Hunger Games. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. That, yeah. that was a joke. That was a joke. <laughs> uh, I'd, I'd go for it. It's, it's solid. Classic. I'm teaching that this you year, actually. No, no. Uh, no, that was a joke. So um, yeah, my other rules was that it couldn't be from this century. So uh, here we go. So the, the, the novel, not the film. So uh, my number three pick is is Oh Brother Where Art Thou, adaptation of The Odyssey. So, oh, all right. good one. Nice. Yeah, I didn't good. even think about that one. Yeah, I, I love that movie. It's so weird in the Coheniest way, and uh, it's just it's just a really really funny film that the in and of itself feels classic just because of the way it's filmed and acted yep. and shot. And so, yeah, I I really love that movie. So, number three, very good. All right, April, what is your number two pick? All right, is the 2012 film adaptation of Les Miserables. Mm. He knows his way in the dark. Mine is the way of the Lord. Those who follow the path of the righteous shall have their reward. And if they fall as Lucifer fell, the flames, the soul. Stars in your multitudes 
can still be counted filling the darkness with order and light you are the sentinels silent and sure keeping watch in the night keeping watch in the night oh i almost had that on there yep that was right up based there based on the so french good. novel yeah it, oh, i love that movie it's yes. it just makes me cry every time i it's, watch it yes. excellent it's so, so yes good. i agree the cry, the singing makes me cry oh I agree. my gosh oh get out with <laughs> russell crowe russell only Crow. russell crowe's singing makes yeah you cry. everyone else is great yeah i love it i'm with you what's i'm with that has yeah we'll go with that okay all right chad what is your number 2 pick my number two pick, because I actually follow rules unlike you three. <laughs> what? Um, Mine were rules. Whatever. Go ahead. Yeah, they are rules. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> they are rules. Um, my number two is the adaptation from the Lord of the Rings trilogy, specifically oh, the first it. one, The Fellowship of the Ring. Oh, uh, so that's good. my favorite of the three movies. I know Return of the King gets won all the awards and gets me in the feels the 12 endings that it has and it wraps up the trilogy beautifully but i can't i I can't recall very few times where i was as exhilarated and surprised and thrilled and delighted in the theater seeing this this book come to life in a way that i just thought i can't believe i'm actually seeing this it's actually happening and it's magnificent so uh, for me it was the fellowship of the ring so good so good i literally finished reading that yesterday Rereading it yesterday. How, where do you get Fantastic. all this time to reread these books? I had I had a twelve hour car ride. I listened to it. Okay, all right. <laughs> nice. Uh, and I'm an English teacher, so I like it's like my job. <laughs> yeah, makes sense. That's fair. All right, so Tyler, tell us your number two pick. Well, despite the fact that this is also not a novel, it is uh, it's based on an epic poem by Homer called the Odyssey. I also picked Oh Brother, Where Art Thou. Nice. Oh, look at that. Nice. Brothers are simpatico. There we go. Mm-hmm. Hey, it's a good pick. I love that movie. It's a great movie. It's solid. It's so great. Yes. I still, uh, I have a movie songs playlist, and so uh, I'm a man of constant sorrow still comes oh, on. And yeah. So Absolutely. So good. Uh, so for my number two pick, um, I went with uh, not 10 Things I Hate About You, but a similar, you know, kind of modern teen retelling and so i i picked clueless based on jane austen's emma oh excellent excellent yes i i i really really enjoy that film it's just even though it's uh you know like almost 25 years old it just feels it just feels unique it feels like it was doing something different it was setting its own language and uh yeah it just it still works really really well and still really funny so that's my number two pick that's great. All right, back to you, April. We are now to our number one pick. So what is your number, number one, one classic novel okay. adaptation? Listen, first of all, Chad, all three of mine have been from novels, so I don't want to hear it. Coming out swinging. Second of have all. They, been ab- <laughs> they haven't been adaptations necessarily, but a, whatever. A loose potato, adaptation potato. is still an adaptation, and at least it's based mm. on a novel. So what ifs? Anyway, um, so for my number one, this is actually – these. Could have been my one, two, and three, but I thought it would have been lame if I just did that. So I'm looping them all into one because this is also my favorite movies 
of all time, but it's one story. And so number one is all of the Lord of the Rings. Absolutely. Nice. All right. so, nice. All right. Yep, there it is. Very good. That's fair. Cheating on the rules yet you fin- again. You finally, she she did, exactly, exactly. <laughs> she she makes her own rules. I, actually, Professor Tolkien would have said that it's all actually one novel. It's he one story. He just broke story. it up into multiple t- parts. Exactly. So I'm sorry, do I have good. to buy three copies? Did, yeah, I mean, did he get paid every time for that <laughs> one book saying, or for every story? I'm just saying, I just story. go with what the professor says. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's like when Tarantino says Kill Bill is one movie, when I had to buy two movie tickets, so... Volumes one and two, yeah. it's fine. Anyway, mm-hmm. all right, Chad, uh, what did you pick for your number one classic novel adaptation? Admittedly, this one is the most recent of the books, and I don't know that it's the best movie of the three, but it's the one that is the most nostalgic for me and one that I have endlessly loved and it is based on the 1964 children's novel charlie and the chocolate factory uh and it is the adaptation of willy wonka and the chocolate factory nice i can you clarify are you talking about the johnny depp version that's called charlie and the chocolate factory okay that willy wonka is the is the older version okay i was gene wilder it's a magnificent musical it's scary as a child it's thrilling and i just adore this movie, even to this day, uh, it's it still stands up, and every time that it's on, I, I sit down and watch large chunks of it. So it's the most nostalgic pick for me, but a pretty easy one. Open it, Charlie. Let's see that golden ticket. Wouldn't that be fantastic? It's not fair to raise his hopes. Never mind. Go on, open it, Charlie. I want to see that gold. Stop it, Dad. I've got the same chance as anybody else, haven't I? I never dreamed that I would climb over the moon in ecstasy, but nevertheless, it's there that I'm shortly about to be. Because I've got a golden ticket. I've got a golden chance to make my way. And with a golden ticket, it's a golden day. Good. Yeah, that's an excellent. That's an excellent yeah. one. Very good, good pick. All right, Tyler, what's your number one pick? This one is a novel. Uh, it's a, it, de- it definitely is. However, what we're going to call an adaptation, it's 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 a mini series, uh, and so you know it's not a film. <laughs> oh my gosh! But it's, <laughs> but it's an adaptation. It is an adaptation. So uh, it is BBC's Pride and Prejudice, starring Colin Firth, and it is. Absolutely, just hands down. I I think one of the best, like most faithful adaptations of something that's ever been made. Um, it's just so good. It's almost full text. It's like six hours long. It's it's just, I think it's it's nearly perfect. So it's really really good. All right, I have pick, not seen that. Picking a miniseries for his uh, for this list. <laughs> I mean, you we know. just said adaptation. I checked the rules. We did just say adaptations. All right, I, I wasn't arguing. I was just did we not saying. say movie adaptations? What what? I, I, I did it at the outset, but that's okay, you, you know. If you watch all in a row, it's like a movie. It's still not, but... Uh, <laughs> Come on, yeah. Daniel, it's one story. It's not. I, I, I'm <laughs> he not here for that. tell us it's one. But that's okay. So uh, I've actually not seen that miniseries, but, uh, but yeah, anyway, that's a good pick. Uh, all right, so my number one pick is uh, pretty unoriginal for this list, y'all. It's Lord of the Rings Return of the King. I see in your eyes... Take the heart of me. A day may come when the courage of man fails. When we forsake our friends and break all bonds of fellowship. But it is not this day. Whatever happens, stay with me. This day, we fight! 
gave away your life's grace. I cannot protect you anymore. Cannot achieve victory through strength of arms. Not for ourselves. But we can give Frodo a chance. I, wow. I, How did I not choose Lord of the Rings? I'm, yeah, I'm a little confusing here. Uh, <laughs> because so, you like try to go all I went classic. nitpicky I went and classic. weird. You didn't. You just didn't follow any rules, yeah. so you ended up losing <laughs> so, your main movie. I think what we've learned here, people, is when you don't follow the rules, <laughs> nobody wins. Thank you. Uh, yeah. So, Chad, I, you know, I, I appreciate what you're saying about fellowship, but for for me, Return of the King is just triumphant. It's satisfying. It is epic, Agreed. and so that's that's kind of always my default favorite of the three. But yes, uh, I can't hate that. Yeah, yeah. So so that's my number one pick. All right, real fast, we're just gonna go on real quick. Just go ahead and throw out your honorable mentions. April, did you have any? Oh, no, I didn't. <laughs> okay, that's okay. <laughs> I didn't think about it. That's fine. So Chad, honorable mentions. I did. Yes. So one of those was is uh, Dracula. The Francis Ford Coppola. Yeah, I'm trying to get the year. Yes, the Francis Ford Coppola version from... Francis Ford Coppola's Bram Stoker's Dracula. Correct. Uh, A lot of people hate that movie. I think it's pretty great, and it's a very faithful adaptation. Yeah. And also, I I tried to work this one in just because I thought it would be cool to give some love to graphic novels as opposed to just classic novels. So I almost went with Watchmen. I knew you were going to say that. The movie's not great, even though it is almost... A, I, I mean, it is remarkable how faithful that is except to the, for the, to the, last, the, the graphic, like, except pages. for the correct, except for the end. So anyway, my, really, my only a truly honorable mention would be um, Bram Stoker's Dracula. Nice. All right, Tyler. Uh, I had Sense and Sensibility uh, written by written by Emma Thompson, mm-hmm. directed by Ang Lee, Kenneth Branagh. I had uh, or, sorry, Kenneth Branagh's uh, 1996 version of Hamlet, which is just fantastic. Les Mis, I had that. Uh, Romeo and Juliet, both the 1968 and the the 1990s version. Um, I, I I mean these this is like my bread and butter is is BBC BBC and other adaptations of classic novels. So I I, I had to like really restrict myself. I think that's how I edged out even Lord of the Rings. Is yeah, I really I got kind of lost in a pool of of adaptations. All right. Uh, I had just a couple Les Mis I had as well. I, I kind of left that off just because it's kind of it's an adaptation of a musical, which is an adaptation of a book. Yeah. So that's kind of why I left it off. But uh, but it's, uh, I love that movie so much. Uh, the Count of Monte Cristo. I, I, I really enjoy that movie. Sure. It's a pretty great that's movie. A movie. Yeah. Great movie. Yeah. That's a good pick. Um, yeah. And then some more obvious ones like To Kill a Mockingbird and The Grapes of Wrath and, and Sense and Sensibility sure. is good as well. But, uh, totally. but yeah, so, so there we go. Those are our honorable mentions. And that wraps up our episode. That was a jam-packed episode. We covered a lot of ground. Thank you for tuning in this week. Um, definitely tune into the Golden Globes this Sunday. Um, if you've entered into our awards contest, we'll have an update on that in our next episode, which is going to be our top 10 films of 2019. That is our next episode, one of our favorite episodes to record every year. So very, very excited to talk about that. All right, so tune in to that. And we're also going to follow that up with our best of the decade. We're going to do top 10s from the decade. So two really big and exciting episodes coming up. So make sure you stay with us, and we will see you next time. And that's a wrap. You've heard what the screeners had to say. Now you be the critic. 
head over to screenerspodcast.com and let us know what you think. See you next time.